first and ten. Throws it. Picked off. Touchdown coming. Demario Houston. Read it like a book and he scores. Finally. With the wind. <laughs> Finally an explosive play. And if he can't score offensively, he might as well do it with a pick six. Oh, my goodness. Demario Houston like a book. He just took off sprinting and took it to the house. With film study, when you have a flat, more than likely it's going to be a curl by the receiver. So just read it and just, you know, try to make a play on it, which I did. And, you know, the rest is history. Just took it to the house. The ball is at the 17-yard line. It is just inside the soccer penalty area. They need the 18-and-a-half-yard line. Dakota Prukop under center, third down. Prukop right side, pushing forward. He's got it easily. Easy conversion. And it's a first down for the Bombers with 56 seconds Ooh. to go. Mike O'Shea risks it for the biscuit. Winnipeg Blue Bomber football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Here is 680 CJOB's Derek Taylor. Live from the pregame tailgate at IG Field, it is the Bombers and Alouettes coming up at 7.30. We're in the Certainty Broadcast booth, professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. Derek Taylor, Doug Brown, Ed Tate. Uh, no Ted Wyman this week. He's got the week off, so Greg Mackling will jump in a little earlier with us. We'll hear from a bunch of your favorite players. Of course, we'll have the coaches' comments. We'll talk about the unexpectedly burning hot weather today. I did. I left the house. I, this is why I never leave the house, Ed. Because um, <laughs> I went outside. Of it. it is 15 degrees hotter than I thought it was going to be. We're watching for a potential thunderstorm, however. The the heat, no problem for the players. Thunder, lightning, eh, they have issues with that stuff. What time? What time are they saying? So it's a thunderstorm watch in effect until 9.51 was the last thing I saw. If you trust AccuWeather Radar, they have a cell that pops up around 6.30. So we will be here. Uh, <laughs> Having not started the game yet. Exactly. We're, we'll keep our eyes peeled. We'll, of course, uh, advise you of the weather as we go along. Currently 29 glorious degrees here with uh, a mild breeze. It is a beautiful day to come down and celebrate uh, some football. Uh, we'll celebrate the fact that Zach Kolaris is back after a week away. He's back. He took all of, all the reps in practice this week. He is uh, ready to go. Well, let's hear from the man himself how it feels for Zach to be back after a week out. Well, I think you know physically, you get a week off. It, it helps your overall you know body and, and how you feel. But uh, you know, it, mentally, it's tough. You know, when you're out there practicing and um, you're not playing in the game. You know, when you're, when you're so used to doing that, it, it makes it tough. But you know, obviously, our guys did a really good job of rallying around Drew. Drew did a really, really good job of playing, you know, excellent football and uh, we were able to, to get two wins. That, that was awesome. One out of two games. <laughs> that is the quarterback, Zach Kalaris. Uh, Doug Brown, he, Hi. You, as, you, as you point out, uh, totally fair. Zach saying, hey, Drew did well. Drew did very well in the Edmonton game. How, with a week to think about it, how did he do in the Calgary game in your mind? Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was a it was a deal. We knew it would be harder. It would be more difficult. Film now an opportunity to to prepare and uh, you know play, uh, defend, create schemes to limit the productivity of a new quarterback. And uh, it certainly wasn't uh, uh, an exciting. Uh, was it seven field goals in that game or eight field goals in that game? I can't remember, but it was ten. 
Yeah, yeah, nineteen eighteen, so horrific in terms of offensive uh, performance. But the most important thing, the most important check mark for any quarterback in a game, get the W, and then style points. You get zero for that game, but you got you got the two for the W. So that's all that matters, I when, guess, in the grand scheme of things. When the recap uh, leading into the broadcast was Demario Houston interception return for a touchdown, and Dakota Prukop converts a third down sneak. That's that, it. There was not a lot available in that game, whether it was defenses or whatever it was. No, you're right. It was, uh, I keep calling it, it was a mutter, right? The conditions and all that kind of stuff played a factor. And as to to Drew Brown, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. When he comes into that game against Edmonton, they're down 22. So he's got no choice but to kind of sling it, right? And so he was attacking downfield. It seemed like last week, with the conditions, with the start, the first start that he didn't want to do anything to lose the game right and i think that even the play calling and the way they attacked that game the way they attacked brent monson's defense was a little bit more conservative let's just get in get the win and get out with our number two quarterback and it sure it sure felt that way especially compared to what he had done a week earlier where it was just hucking it downfield lawler dembski Sean, Oliveira, touchdowns right he was attacking way differently than I thought he did against uh, Calgary last week. Yeah, I remember a deep crosser to Dalton shown going left to right later in the game and that's that's about it whether right. that was Right. Yeah, how they how they went after it but but Zach is back, 17 touchdowns, six interceptions this season. Uh, Kalaris, I mean the front runner if not top 2 for most outstanding player in the Canadian Football League. Is this is there a lift or is there oh you know what Zach's back now we're just now we're relaxed now we're on downers uppers or downers when Kalaris returns I think it's a huge lift for your football team when you get your your franchise guy back uh, who's a most outstanding player and a multiple time Grey Cup winner and I think it's uh, it's a highly uh, motivated Zach Kalaris I I tell you no matter what player you are nobody enjoys standing there on the sideline and watching someone else play your position that's just not fun and I don't care how well they do or don't do um, you know whether your team wins or, or loses or whatever the guy balls out or he doesn't it's just not enjoyable and uh, it gives you a little perspective a little step away from the game you know how lucky you are how special the opportunity is and uh, I would expect you know I'm almost talking myself into changing my quarterback pick right now because I think Zach Kolaris is going to get after it um, just the fact that he hasn't been at the helm of this this team for you know, two almost two full games now. You're going to pull Vernon Adams from your lineup? I presume no, you yeah, have Vernon. I, yeah. <laughs> I wanted Vernon, but I, uh, yeah, I got new. Uh, you wouldn't even believe who I ended up taking. So I cannot. Wait I can't to, even believe who I ended up taking. I can't wait to hear it in the fantasy segment uh, coming up. The big story around Zach Kalaros, and we touched on it a little bit during this week, but I, but I feel bad in the scrums that we didn't follow up with Zach Kalaros. This is a clip of him from Monday. Uh, when he, when Zach was asked, what did he think of the hit that took him out for a week? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I, I doubt it was something intentional. Um, at the same time, protecting the quarterback's never really been a priority in this league. So, protecting the quarterback has never really been a priority this week. Zach Kalaris with the drive-by. He, you know what? He's kind of dropped that line before. In, in years past and if you press him on it I know you r- wish we had done that earlier he won't go much further than that he kind of leaves it there and it was a uh, Mike O'Shea was asked about it yesterday too in his press conference and talked about the rules being in place and then not always being basically enforced or not always being called by the officiating crew look go back and look at Zach Claris's career 
and that's why he's carrying a little bit of this, right? That Simone Lawrence hit a few years ago when he was in Saskatchewan was pretty bad. And that oh, took yeah. him out for two-thirds of a year, right? More than two-thirds of a year uh, before he got here and, and, and did some wonderful things. So, uh, I, you know, I think he looks around the league, too, and he's not just using his own case history as, uh, to, to build his frustration. He looks at some of the other hits in this league, and I know I'm interested to, interested to hear what a all-star defensive tackle has to say about this because they have put a lot of things in place to protect the quarterback. But... You know, you see a lot of them go down, and you wonder about that one in Edmonton a couple of weeks. There wasn't even disciplinary action after that, a fine or anything. I can see why he'd be frustrated. Yeah, I mean, he he has every right to be frustrated, and and certainly probably feels like he was not uh, protected by the league in any way, shape, or form. But he's 100% wrong in terms of, I mean, we used to get two steps after a quarterback release football. Two steps. Right. That, that was the, you know, as long as I was within, and I can take very big strides. Okay, so as long as I'm within two strides of you after you release a football, I can hit you, and I can hit you anywhere I wanted. Uh, we used to like you're hitting a quarterback, you lead with your head, and you try and catch him there if you could, because there was no rule against it, right? So yeah. these are all changes that came into effect after the fact. So uh, you know, with the whole concussion buzz, this is pre that. So the the rules around protection of the quarterback have changed exponentially well, more than any other position in pro football, you know, since since the early 2000s. In, in probably in any sport, but more protected doesn't necessarily equal appropriately protected. And I'm not saying that it, th- those two aren't necessarily the same. Just because it was worse doesn't mean it's well, right. I, and I, I here I think where I come to it is. I think they're probably appropriately, well, they're, they're protected, maybe a little overprotected in the rules, but the rules don't seem to be enforced equivalently across the board. And that's where, that's where I get super frustrated with it. Coney Ely hit Kolaris. His first point of contact was Kolaris' skull. I don't, I don't know what else we're, we're debating here. You hit a quarterback in the head, that, that seems to be, that's problematic for me and should be a penalty or a fine or some sort of, don't ever do that again. Well, I'm with league. you. I'm with you on this DT, and it's to, you know, it's to what Doug said. The rules have changed dramatically, and we have seen a lot more roughing the passer calls called by the officiating crew. What drives me nuts is the inconsistency of it. The referee should have a clear cut. Here's what it is, and then we have a command center now too that can step in and say, "Hey, you know what? You guys missed this. That was roughing the passer. So call it. That's what the command center is for. Get involved. Get you know." There's just there's too much. We don't know what roughing the passer looks like consistently, and it shouldn't be any question now what what the rules are. Well, and then the command center can come in and, and correct the one I think is one of my least favorite because we're football is unfair to defensive players currently. The level change from the quarterback, I don't know how you ever expect. Oh, uh, Willie Jefferson steaming around the end. He's already six foot seven, so okay, there's. On a six foot one quarterback, this could go bad. But if if the quarterback ducks now in the last millisecond before he's hit, well, that's you, you can't yeah. do that. And that's, his arm glances the top of his helmet or something. Level changes are yeah. you kind of have to let some stuff go. Uh, the Kolaris one just will bother me because high fiving a guy in the helmet as you go by gets a penalty call, but then the next week it doesn't. If Cody Fajardo takes one in the skull today, uh, will they call it? Will they not call it? Who the, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, in football, you, you do want to keep it 
somewhat resembling football. It is a dangerous fo- it is a dangerous game. It is a full contact sport. It is a highly highly violent game, um, and there are things that happen inadvertently, right? So, uh, defensive nose tackles and and three techniques are are not world renowned for uh, our acrobatic ability to change our body position. After we once we've left the ground, there's no it's over, man. <laughs> Whatever that course was being able to alter it depending upon what is happening in front of you that that ship has sailed my friend so it's uh yeah i mean every uh the more people you have that have football experience getting involved in making these decisions though the better off everyone will be yeah and the in-game stuff using using toronto to overturn calls on the field because they have the access to replay they can put an official seeing it live i don't know how they call the game of football period well, I, you know, I, I, but you can use you can leverage instant replay in the time between snaps to make sure that calls are gotten correctly. Right. Even even when the command center does get involved, we still don't we still question the decision. Sometimes the Evan Holm rough uh, pass interference a couple of weeks was that Rid- last game last or? week. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, that was a ridiculous call, and the command center got involved and looked at that and still said it was pass interference. What's what's the uh, what's the intention of the What's the true What's the true goal there? Is it to support the officials on the field, or is it to get the call get right? The call right, yeah. And oftentimes, I think it's to support, support the officials on the field. Agreed, hundred percent. Which is not what we're going. For. But I'm the guy who wants unlimited challenges. If you're correct, I, 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 I but that's never coming because you like that when they had so many challenges. I like it. I like what they have now. You you win your first one, you get your second one. Okay. If you win your second one, you should get a third. Because I hated it when they could go oh, fishing for calls. For sure, but fishing is bad. Like, yeah. Oh, that was fishing the worst. But if you have f- if you have four incorrect calls against you, how I I want you to be able to challenge them all. The game would take forever in certain cases, but I'll never forget Dave Dickinson having to challenge two plays on the opening drive of a game, and then he's out of challenges because the officials blew it that day. I I just want it all right, and it's. Uh, I'll be long, long in a cold, cold grave before it's ever gotten fully correctly because it's a sport played by humans, officiated by humans, with rules written by humans, and then ignored by other human <laughs> beings. <laughs> that sums it up right there. Well done. Uh, at DT on OB on uh, Twitter or whatever the hell they're calling it now. What's your biggest concern for the Bombers in the <laughs> second half of this season? Is it Janarian Grant's health? Is it protection for the quarterback? Is it coverage from the defensive backs? Or is it nothing? Because all is good. Uh, when they are 8-2. and two. Join us at DT on OB and vote there. Today's game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on blue. Close to a sellout, the reports are, Ed Tate. Yeah, that's from the boss. Uh, there's still some tickets available, but uh, we're de- getting darn close to 33-234, I think, is the official sellout number. So getting darn close is what I was told. Nice. The Bombers also hosting 750 youth tackle football players on the sidelines today for uh, warm-ups and for the anthem they donated 525 helmets to uh, local high school football programs, announcing that this week. That is that is big butts, bucks and means big things for high school programs in our city. So uh, props to the Bombers for that. Other side of the break, we will find out who Doug had to settle for in his fantasy uh, league, in his fantasy choice. He's murdering me in the league, by the way. Plus, what's wrong with the Bombers special teams? It's Princess Auto, Blue Bomber Football, 680, CJOB. When games are played, when there's a trade, sports news has been made. You'll hear all about it. 25 after the hour on 680 CJOB. 
Club Region Casino Event Center presents Dean Brody, right round here to her, October 27th and 28th. Tickets on sale now at casinosofwinnipeg.com and ticketmaster.ca. Being a sleep expert at Sleep Country, I've met a lot of couples who can agree on everything, except what they want from a mattress. Plush or firm, cooling or cozy, you don't need to choose. We can match you to a mattress and sleep essentials that have what you both need to get a great night's rest. Because at Sleep Country, we solve sleep. Find a mattress with the right mix of comfort and support. Get a queen mattress for only $4.79 until Sunday at the Mix and Match event on now at Sleep Country. Are you noticing that it's getting harder and harder to pay down your debt? And even though you've taken steps to reduce your spending or work more hours, it still doesn't make a difference. Not every debt problem can be solved on your own. Sometimes all you need is a little bit of guidance. I'm Vicki Dole, a licensed insolvency trustee at BDO right here in Winnipeg. Whatever your financial situation, we can offer practical solutions for you and your family. Call 1-833-BDO-TALK or visit bdodebt.ca to book a free consultation. We've got an anomaly right beside us. This season on The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Could this be a force field? Spacecraft underground chamber. That's not a natural phenomenon. Nothing is as it seems. There are no easy answers at Skinwalker Ranch. I can hardly believe what I'm seeing. There it goes. Wow, look at that. This raises a lot of questions. The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. New season Sunday, September 3rd on the History Channel. Also available in Stat TV. With your traffic, I'm Adam Wilson. We do have a stalled transit bus southbound St. Mary's and Kenny in your curb lane. Keep left to pass. Southbound Lajimonia, as you're approaching Grassy, there's another stall in your curb lane. Keep left and expect delays. William and Isabel, the traffic lights are flashing in all directions. Treat that as an always stop and use caution. Northbound Keniston delays with work continuing in your curb lane. Loxton to Tuxedo. Visit Shoppers Drug Mart from Friday, August 25th to Sunday, August 27th and enjoy big savings during the super sale. Save big, leave happy. That's 680 CJOB Traffic. I'm Global News Meteorologist Peter Quinlan here with a check on your forecast. Partly cloudy skies tonight, risk of an isolated shower or thunderstorm as temperatures fall to 15 degrees. And we'll wrap up this final full work week of August with a mix of sun and cloud through your Friday. Slight chance of a shower with a high of 22 and a northerly wind could gust over 40 kilometers per hour at times. Then as we move into your weekend, 9 Saturday morning with the chance of some fog patches with a daytime high of 22 under a mix of sun and cloud. Currently 29 degrees at 680 CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Hey, Bomber fans, I'm Marissa Turton on Armed Forces Night at IG Field. Did you know there's a former Navy SEAL on Winnipeg's roster? Damian Jackson is a U.S. veteran and fullback slash defensive lineman slash long snapper. This year, he was added late to the rookie camp roster and added a third position to his resume when he took reps at fullback for the very first time. The 30-year-old was a college walk-on in Nebraska, having never played football previously and spent four years there starting in 2017, then went to the University of Buffalo for one season. Before that, he was a member of the Navy SEALs for four years. Pre-game show brought to you by Olympic Building Center. Tackle all your at-home projects with Olympic Building Center. 
Bombers and Alouettes at 7.30. We are an hour and 25 minutes. Uh, hour and fifth. Uh, I can't do math. I'm not a math guy. It's at 7.30. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do that. And right around 7.39, we could be wondering, hey, oh, oh, we're having another one of these games from the Blue Bombers special teams this season. Uh, Greg McRae back as the returner once again. As they, as they await Janarian Grant. it's been going so well. Let's just keep doing it. Why break it if it's already broke? Like, what? <laughs> I, Why? It's broken, so we should fix it, right? Shouldn't we fix it? No, we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. I was prepping how I would set up this segment in advance of it because I didn't want to get Doug's words wrong from last week, but he just encapsulated it. Uh, Greg McRae in the return game. He'll be back doing the returns again. 14 punt returns this season for 104 yards, 7-yard average. His longest is 13. Where does that rank him in terms of returners in the CFL? Uh, let's let's say this. He doesn't currently rank, but 7.4-yard average, 8th place in the CFL is 10.5 yards. So okay. he's well back in. He's well back of there. His longest is actually shorter than Janarian Grant's career average. So we're excavating returns. the basement, is what you're saying. We're digging out the basement. Seven Get kick down off. to the foundation. That is true. Seven kickoff returns for a 20 yard average, five yards less than Janarian Grant. McRae would be 11th in the Canadian Football League <laughs> in that stat. Janarian Grant is third. And Greg McRae is an excellent football player. He could be. He's so good offensively, running the ball, catching, the receiving out of the backfield. And yet, we want we're going to force him to become a returner. That he That's, obviously. The question becomes, who would replace him? Johnny Augustine. Is he going to do worse? Seven yards of return. Well, well, let's well let's do that. Who's on the roster currently? We could talk about bringing guys the on the roster. The next best candidate's Jamal Parker, and he doesn't dress. Why? Because who are you taking off? Well, that see that becomes the question, right? If you take Parker off, McCray Parker on, McCray has to come off. Now McCray doesn't but, get to contribute on offense. But you want you want to throw out some other candidates. There are other candidates. We saw Evan Holm do it last year for a game. I mean, you Demario know, Houston you, has done it. Demario, do you want to risk Nick Dembski getting hurt by putting him back there? But that's a guy that's done it with a lot of success previously in this league. Um, there are candidates. I know. I know where you're going, Doug. It's impossible to argue that Greg McCray has has hasn't struggled there. Um, I just think that. Honestly, until Janarian Grant gets back, or how far find, away is he? He's not is practicing yet, so, so still away. Still away. I would say un, until he gets back, and unless they can figure out a way to get Parker on the roster or let one of these other guys try, they're going to just be treading water for a while in this in this department. And here's the thing: there there are calls to have Parker on there, but a depth defensive back is not going to contribute on defense. He's going to not take any snaps on defense. So if you if you deal with home, pardon me, if you deal with McCray as your returner, you get his contributions on offense, but you are lacking. I mean, he has trouble catching the ball. The returns aren't great, and we can talk about who's responsible for that. But it's the same. It's essentially the same crew blocking for as was for Janarian Grant, and McCray's doing half as much in the return well, game. The other thing that is concerning is that the special teams issues last week especially aren't just limited to the return game. We'll talk it's about that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, let's do that now. Uh, Mike O'Shea was on the coach's show, and he was asked a question. A caller phoned in and said, uh, you know, are you having problems on your on your cover teams and your uh, return team, or your cover teams, specifically this one, this from Blue the Blue Bomber coach's show? It's one of those things. It's a it's a work in progress. We, we've we made a couple adjustments from – 
the beginning of the year, um, which changed basically a, a coverage system that we'd been using for, oh God, six or seven years probably. Um, and uh, it's just taken a little bit of time to, to take hold right now, but we think it'll it'll prove valuable as we go along and uh, we'll just keep uh, probably, there's probably a couple more tweaks to come in the, in the next little while, um, you know, in the, in the last part of the season. But uh, yeah, we're, we're absolutely, nobody's, nobody's satisfied, happy, <laughs> nor any positive adjective that we can give ourselves about the, um, the yards we're giving up. Winnipeg, eighth in opponent punt return average, so second last. Winnipeg, sixth in opponent field position on kickoffs. Those are not good numbers. Yeah, and surprisingly, because the special teams used to be such a dominant crew here, and that was just something you never had to concern yourself with, right? It was the play of them. Uh, they would always win whether the team would be successful or not. You could always count on that phase uh, winning their, uh, their portion of the game. Two punt blocks could have been a third last week too so i mean it's i know they're excited to get shane goche back to help clean up some of that stuff but it's uh it's concerning you know because it's across the board and uh is miller he's not practicing right now either doug so he's around but he's still yeah. i mean still has not played this season right so he's so. an off-season injury guy like i don't understand when he got hurt he That's was a my... game time decision for week one he'd been practicing right and they put him on one game for week one and then he went on six game after that back on six game for a second stint. so he got hurt practicing would be the assumption okay. yeah okay. so i mean that would certainly help does that make all the difference no i can't imagine it does but yeah, there's. It's it's strange to say well, we're gonna we're gonna Greg's gonna break one eventually. He had the 102 yard missed field goal return, but it's there's something unnatural. And Doug, you can probably speak this better as an actual athlete. There's something unnatural when he's trying to field punts. It feels like yeah, it's awkward out there. He's fighting it right. You can tell he's he's overthinking. It's mechanical out there. It's not a fluid, reactionary movement for him. You know that rush coming and and trying to bring in the ball and having his vision and understanding where his blockers are, so on and so forth. It's just not something that is coming natural to him, and I'm not sure it ever will. Even last week, one of the key plays in the game was him taking that missed field goal out of the end zone at the very end. But in talking to Shane Goche yesterday, he said he was screaming at the TV, why, is the, why did that ball hit the ground? Which is a good point, too, because if you're trying to get it out of the end zone and you don't want to give up a single... That, you know, get up under it, and that gives you... That Don't let it bounce. Yes, split second, second more to get the ball out of the end zone, right? And so, it's you're right, he's struggling with it, and it's it's odd, because he's done it before, uh, and he's an exceptional athlete. But, you know, it's, it shows you how difficult it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not for everybody. So, I mean, I'm just trying to think of what do they do before Grant gets back. Parker could go on, and then you have a guy in there, or Holm could do some, and Parker could take defensive reps. Would you risk Dembski? Demario Houston. I would not. Yeah. I, I think you have other guys you, you could use. Dembski would be fantastic if you have to go to two returners. There, there's just there's got to be something because they are really – it hasn't – I don't think it's cost them a game yet, but if that wasn't a no yards last week in that ball against the wind, that would have been a fumble, and – pray that Nick Hallett was able to actually jump on it. It's it, it's a problem pending for the Bombers. Uh, 
fantasy return touchdowns. They count in CFL fantasy. Let's uh, find out what Doug's mystery roster is all about. I don't care what the cost is. Nick Dembski. Kalaus for Dembski! The five and a touchdown! Dylan Mitchell's going to get one on Winston Rose. Going deep for Mitchell on Rose. Got in the 20 and he's going to walk into the end zone. You know what I've learned about CFL fantasy football is that it makes me hate players. Kamar Jordan, I don't know anything about him, but I hate him now. Jade 79 won the week in CJLB Fantasy, had Caleb Evans as their captain. I don't know how you pulled that one, but that was tremendous. Uh, first overall remains show and tell. I have fallen down to 327th, which we call Mackling Territory. And uh, Doug Brown. Are you going to read all the people that beat you at the end of the season? We're going to do in front of you. Like I'm, I haven't. See, I now that you haven't been doing well, I haven't been hearing about the consequences for your failures. I, I heard all about it last year. Every <laughs> bloody week, weekend, and we. Oh, we're going to name everybody that got one more point than Doug Brown. We're going to read your name out over and over and over again, and we're going to echo it off the mountain of a garbage hill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing for your failures? For the West Final, which will be here in Winnipeg, we're going to do a special four-hour pregame show so <laughs> I can get all the names of the people who are whooping me in fantasy this week. Uh, BC is playing Hamilton. I think Hamilton is an awful team, so I tried to stack as many BC lines as I could. Vernon Adams, Taquan Mizell, the running back, Keon Hatcher, and Alexander Hollins. A four-BC stack, which requires me to go super cheap in some other spots. I took Levante Bellamy. He's on the roster for the Calgary Stampeders. $2,500. You can get some points at running back. I like it. Tyson Philpot for the Alouettes is $4,000. He's going to bust out at some point, and I have the Elks defense for mine, but heavy BC Lions. Uh, your mystery roster, Doug, you were teasing it in the first segment. Yeah, I got the Elks for my defense. I have Trey Ford as my quarterback and captain playing oh. playing the Red Blacks. A.J. Ouellette, uh, Mizzle, uh, Kenny Lawler, Keon Hatcher, and uh, someone I've never heard of before, A. Johnson, who plays for Hamilton. Let's, Anthony Johnson. The, okay, yeah. yeah I, I don't really know him. He put he, a couple on the ground last week, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. had a... He was only $2.5,000. So. But he had a bunch of targets, and that's a that's a solid value pick. And a bunch he, of drops. <laughs> But if you get just targets, that out. just get if you get targets at twenty five hundred bucks, you're looking for anybody who might be able to get okay. you anything in fantasy. Ed Tate, give me your pick to click from tonight's Bombers Alouettes game. Well, I got to get back on track here because a couple weeks ago I picked Winnipeg's defense in the game here where they beat BC and it didn't get any points. I don't understand how that works in this system. And then last week I think I picked Dalton Schoen, but nobody got in the end zone except Demario Houston. I'm doing the easy one. I'm saying that Zach's back, so Kenny Lawler's going to be busy tonight. That's my pick-to-click for tonight. Kenny Lawler, the pick-to-click. Doug Brown, give well, me someone from this game. Kenny Lawler is my only Blue Bomber on the roster or Alouettes on the roster at all, so it's got to be Kenny Lawler. The price is right, and as I mentioned, Tyson Philpot at $4,000. Even if Montreal gets smoked tonight, Tyson Philpot, they, they like to do with him what the Bombers will do with Nick Dembski to a, to a certain extent. So potentially a lot of touches in an undermanned receiving core for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, coming up, it is 6.04, so we are an hour and 34 minutes away from kickoff. The coaches' comments, plus, do we need this many Thursdays? We will discuss. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. 
Whether your family is enjoying summer fun by the pool or trying to stay afloat in the busy back-to-school season, don't forget to make sure that everyone can see clearly. Pearl Vision is offering free lenses for kids with frame purchase. Plus, they direct bill most insurance plans. Arrange your family's eye exams at pearlvision.ca. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 1231-23. Exams available at independent doctors of optometry. At or next to Pearl Vision. Great Manitoba golf for less is back. Get your Winnipeg discount golf card today for amazing deals at 21 great Manitoba courses and enjoy the elevated tees at Nipawa, Stanley Thompson's masterpiece at Clear Lake, the spectacular vistas at Minnewasta in Morden, the winding Rat River at Maplewood, and the wonderful design variety at Carmen. Go to discountgolfcard.ca right now for all the details and order your card for only $39.95. Fiber-powered Ignite Internet is now here at the Zimmermans in Moose Jaw at the Patels in Red Deer, at the Browns Cabin in Fernie, where you can stream movies in the hot tub or the bathtub, any tub you want. It's in Balfe, Alberta, Happyland, Saskatchewan, Yubo, BC, and other cool places from Flin Flon to Medicine Hat. Our fastest fiber-powered internet has arrived. Ignite internet from Rogers, together with Shaw. If you want to see the most stunning, oh, awe-inspiring, what? and truly unbelievable homes. Whoa! This show ain't it. Yikes! Buckle up for a road trip to find the most bizarre... It looks like an igloo. ...offbeat... This is crazy! ...and head-scratching homes out there. The owner, Mike, thinks this is the ugliest house in America. I think he might be in the running. Ugliest house in America. New season Sunday, September 3rd on HGTV. Stream on Stack TV. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Who's in, who's out, and what should we expect from the Bombers in this game? The man with the answers is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Mike, game day with Zach Kolaris back on the roster. Whatever thought you would love to give me about Zach being back in this lineup? Well, he's... he's uh... A terrific leader on our football team. He's an unbelievable competitor, smart, tons of experience. He and bottom line, he's a winner. So anytime you can get that back on the roster, it makes you feel uh, feel good as a coach. How do you feel he was during the the off week? He talked about hard not playing, but uh, Drew gave him credit for contributing, and and Zach yeah. talked about being trying to stay. Connected, I guess. Is the yeah, he's a, he is a pro and he is a great leader, so there's no doubt that he was going to contribute. But you do feel for any player that's injured, they're standing around and they don't want to be, and it's just you can see it killing them. So, uh, But he survived, and he's, uh, he's going to be back out there. Shane Goche returns off the six-game injured list. How big a deal is that? Yeah, same thing, same thing, right? Like just hearing him talk about watching a football game is just so tough on these guys, right? He said it just stunk, so um, he's ready to go and it is pleasing to have a guy back like that. He's got so much experience playing special teams for us and he's, he's good on defense too for us, right? He's a tough, tough, smart player, so he'll, he'll be a good addition. During the game, we'll see Goche, we'll see Briggs, we'll see Brian Cole. You guys really likes to give, it seems like, give everybody some chances to contribute on defense. Is that is that Richie? Is that something you want to do as an organization? Is that something the players earned? Uh, it's all of it. I mean, it's it's 
always part of the plan. Uh, it's not handed to the players. They, they do earn it, uh, but they do have the opportunity, you know, to be out there. Um, and we're just fortunate enough to have this many good players that are... The, the main thing would be they're just... They stay engaged throughout the week, even if they don't see their name on the sheet that says who, who goes on the field first, right? Because they all, they all can play. Um, so it's, it's always nice to see when they, when they get their reps and they make good with them. We had the stat last week. Uh, Greg McRae's longest punt return was shorter than Janarian Grant's career average. How, uh, what can go better there? Is it going the way you expected? Well, you, you know, it's football, so, so injuries happen and guys step up. We, we'd certainly like to give Greg a cleaner run and a cleaner pitcher to start. You know, when he receives the ball, you'd like to have it a nice lane forming that he can just look up and see and, and, and get going on it. But he's done a good job for us. You know, it's, uh, I would say it's near impossible to fill Janarian Grant's shoes. I, I think we can all flash back to week two in, in Saskatchewan against Saskatchewan and, and think of that. Montreal Alouettes, what's the challenge they present? Yeah, they're a good football team. They're, they run around in all three phases. They compete hard. They're a physical group. Um, they've got a lot of confidence right now. Um, they're well coached. So they, they, they've been giving problems to everybody in the league. I've been asking defensive guys this. Uh, in 2019, Cody Fajardo burst on the scene with that reverse spin move out to his left, and we thought, someone's going to drill him and it's going to be over. But four years later, he can still do it. How, why, I don't... Yeah, he's, he's uh, for a bigger dude, he's still got that Gumby-like kind of uh, movement and body flexibility. So guys get a hold of him, and he just sort of drops his center of gravity and bends at the waist a little bit and plants correctly and next thing you know he's out and uh, no matter how much you see it and how much you drill it he manages every game to elude somebody who's really good. Coach's comments with the head coach Mike O'Shea as we're an hour and 27 minutes away from a kickoff here at the Bombers and Alouettes. Today's game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on Manitoba. Feels like we've been here on a Thursday before. Feels like, in fact, we've been here on three other Thursdays before. Fourth Thursday home game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Their fifth game on a Thursday overall. How many teams have had more than one Thursday home game? Doug Brown. How many teams? Yeah. Zero. Ed Tate. Edmonton's the only team that's had more than one. I was going to say eight just to be yeah, a contrarian. Teams, not everybody's getting Thursday home games, yeah. but the Bombers have four. The Elks have had two. No one else has more than one. And when we were talking to Wade Miller, the president and CEO. Thursday games? Uh, I asked him, you must have asked for these Thursday games. And no, no way. So the CFL is putting Thursday games onto the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Where I have no kind of perspective of the normal work week for a human human person because mine surrounds these games right so i i don't know if if i would want a thursday game and you know get away to the cabin on friday or if i would not want a thursday game because then i'm a little hungover on friday but it's it's clear the cfl is painting the bombers with these games my uh i use my two sons as my own case study or demographic because they're the 22 to 25 year old 
and uh, they hate Thursday games. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's they don't want to have to go to work Friday after having a few too many beers on Thursday night, uh, and I think that's a big part of it. Uh, you this look. This is an age-old debate in this town. You can't win this argument. If you put Friday night, then the people with cottages are saying there's too many Friday nights. If you put a game on a Saturday or Sunday, people that have cottages saying, I'm going to miss the game. Uh, there's no way to win, but that many Thursdays is too many, in my opinion, and I think Wade would say the same thing. I like the thought of claim Thursdays until the NFL start. Claim as many days as you can for CFL football. Give me one game a night and do that. But... How the Bombers get four and we're you know other teams get zero makes just no sense to me at all. I mean, the thing that always matters most to a team, though, is, is your days between games. And I think the Bombers do very well in that regard in terms of days of rest in between their games. So to me, as, as a former player, that was always paramount. It's like how long before the next game? And then when it was, was always much second, much in the distant in, in terms of all we care about is recovery and then, you know... Uh, some of us like night games, afternoon games, whatever, you know, but... Uh, it, I do it like the Sunday the night trend that the CFL has implemented. I think that's Having a, cool a game thing. on Sunday is awesome, yeah. In, in, the, su- in the summer until the NFL until starts. The, exactly. I think it's a, <laughs> and the ratings apparently have been really solid on TSN, so I like that trend. Yeah, I mean, what did the NFL do? Well, Sunday. Sunday was the NFL. You know what? Now we're going to have games on Monday. And Thursday. You, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a game on Thursday. They've claimed three-sevenths of the week, and then when college football stops, four days out of the week have NFL football, right? That, the CFL trying to do that, I love it. There's always something to talk yep. about yep. and something to drive the conversation until this coming week. This is the last Thursday game, but let's if the Bombers don't want four Thursday home games, you just you can't saddle them with four Thursday home games. Props to the folks who want the Thursday games. Mm-hmm. Much love to you, but I, I, don't, I do not understand how we got here. And, uh, yeah. Ideally, football should be spaced out so there's a there's football every day. To, right? Yeah, that would yeah, be amazing, right? Yeah. And your, That's what we're looking for. That's your, an ideal world. To your point about rest, the Bombers have the best schedule in the CFL when it comes to relative rest to their opponents. Uh, Montreal played later last week than, than the Bombers did, so they come into this game with more rest, even though it's not a full week for the, for the Bombers. But from the fans' perspective, it's not an incredible incredible well it's almost sold out tonight so it's not that bad exactly there you go it's kind of working i think it has more to do with the opponent as well people will you know if you build it in terms of success and your victories they will come to the stadium on twitter at dt on ob what's your biggest concern for the bombers in the second half of the season more than 60 percent of you are saying protection for the quarterback 15% 15% on Janarian Grant's health, 13% on coverage, and 11% say, nope, everything's good when you're 8-2. and two. Join us on Twitter and uh, join us down here at the pre-game tailgate party zone at IG Field as we get set for the Bombers and Alouettes. It is 6-16, so we're an hour and 22 minutes away from kickoff. We'll talk about those Alouettes on the other side, plus... Two guys with unusually fast starts to their CFL careers. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. Don't just picture your dream home, actually walk through it at Olympic Homes. Our show home village lets you wander through and see, touch, and experience what your ready-to-move home can be like. With so many customizable options to choose from, actually seeing them will inspire you, as will the new models of homes we're working on. 
Take a walk through your dream home, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday to Friday, Saturdays 9 till 3 in the Show Home Village at Olympic Homes. the weekend on dry land this summer when you can take to the water in a LumaCraft boat from Luke's Town Service. Designed to match your fishing and boating style, from its riveted V-Haul design to its easy-to-install AlumaTrack mounting system. Add in Luke's excellent customer sales and service, and you're more than halfway to enjoying the AlumaCraft advantage. Drop in for your AlumaCraft boat today at Luke's Town Service in Eli, Manitoba. Your weekend looks good! Oh, look, another empty promise from Heather Stephenson. She does know that we know what she's up to, right? You mean trying to distract us from all the damage she and Pallister have done? Yeah. And hoping we'll just forget seven years of PC cuts and chaos in healthcare? Bingo. And if she wins the election, she'll go straight back to cutting? She's done it before. And we can't afford to let her do it again. It's time for a government that works for working families. A message from the Manitoba Federation of Labor. Monday nights, Bomber Nation gets the chance to ask questions, and the man in charge provides answers in his own way. CJ's on the text line says, uh, how much more does it open the playbook having a weapon like Kenny Lawler back? Dalton Schoen was the best receiver in the league last year. Wally, Nick, Rasheed Bailey, Juice, Agadosi. There's a good group right there. Monday nights at 7. Mike O'Shea joins Derek Taylor in studio to take your calls and texts. The Weekly Bomber Coaches Show, all season long and only on 680 CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. A big number for this game is two. In the last two seasons, two first-year players have led the CFL in receiving. It was the Bombers' Dalton Schoen last year, and it's currently the Alouettes' Austin Mack for this year. Don't get used to it, though. In the six seasons before Schoen, only two true first-year players finished even in the top five in receiving. They were Darrell Walker with Edmonton in 2015, Jalen Saunders with Hamilton in 2017. It is a special pair of young players on display tonight. About an hour and 20 minutes to kick off, where we will see those two special players, the Bombers and Alouettes. And a little later in the pregame show, the keys to the game brought to you by CG Open Road Outlet. Power sports, campers, boats, premium used vehicles, and more. Visit openroadoutlet.ca. Let's use that as a jumping off point to talk about the other guys. You got your jokers, your ball busters, your vets, and the other guys. The other guys are the Montreal Alouettes, led by rookie receiver Austin Mack, the 25-year-old, soon to be 26, first year in the CFL out of Ohio State, 48 catches, 773 yards, and three touchdowns. Leading the league in receiving in literally his first year in the Canadian Football League. Dalton Schoen. Led the league in receiving in literally his first year. Not he played a little bit the year before. Came up, rookie, bam, led the league in receiving. And I, I feel like I need to make sure we don't think that this is normal. Because as you heard there, the only guys who have ever been in the top five in receiving in, since 2015 were Darrell Walker and Jalen Saunders. Veterans run this league, and yet, Doug Brown, we have two rookies 
absolutely crushing it. No, by the way, Dalton Schoen's third in the league in receiving in year number two. He's not slowing down at all. Yeah, and you know, for receivers, a lot of it comes down to how durable are they in their in their first year in the league, right? I mean, the, the veteran guys get hurt so frequently and so often they get targeted, they get, they get smacked around that uh, you're a, a fresh, young, new guy and just your durability. We saw Dal- Dalton Schoen do this. A lot of the reason, I'm not saying he didn't have an excellent year last year, but he was also available every single game. He was a consistent performer there. And uh, th- that can be how it is with a younger, newer player to the CFL. Performing, if you are elevated to that number one uh, receiving spot, just being able to perform on a week-in and week-out basis uh, gives you a big advantage over over so many of the guys that are in this league. We pitched it to Dalton Schoen uh, talking about Austin Mack, another guy who, again, first year in the CFL is crushing it so far. Here's Dalton Schoen. I think everyone now notices, you know, he's a, he's a good player. You know, he's he's come into this league and he's made a lot of plays. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who shows up a lot on film when, you know, obviously I'm watching other teams' defenses, right? But, uh, you know, you, you see the Montreal offense come on based off whoever you're playing that week, and uh, he's a guy who makes a lot of plays on tape. What was it for you that he came in and went, oh, okay, I mean, this actually works really well for me? Um, you know, I think it starts with just um, – him or you know me having the physical tools to be able to come up here and make plays but you know there's so many people who come up here and do have the physical tools and capability Um, but it's all about finding the right system you know understanding the defenses for me it was the people around me in this room you know starting with Zach and then all the receivers who are out there playing with me talking on every single play making sure I know my job so I'm sure he's experiencing something similar over there Um, but yeah it kind of starts there we certainly got a dose of Austin Mack in the first game, 115 yards receiving. Wasn't the leading receiver for the Alouettes that game, but he was very noticeable in that one at Tate. You know, that you're right. He's a dangerous threat already, and, and you wonder, circumstance, you know, Dalton talked about, uh, basically talked about opportunity and system and that sort of thing. You wonder in, in Montreal if they hadn't been such a mystery going into free agency with uh, the uncertainty with their ownership. You know, if they had Geno Lewis still or Jake Wenicky still, where would Austin Mack be? Would he be? Would he have been signed by them? Would he be playing for them? You know, it's an interesting situation. He walked into a, an opportunity waiting for him. Dalton Schoen had to fight through 20-some receivers to get his spot last year. The one thing you see in common is that, to their immense credit, they studied the league before they got here. They just didn't come in thinking they were going to dominate right away. They thought, oh, wait a minute. What is this waggle thing? What do you mean there's motion? And so when training camp started, remember last year, Dalton Schoen had to figure it out right away. It didn't, you know, it didn't take him half a training camp or half a season to figure out how to use this to his advantage. And so I think Austin Mack has done the exact same thing. You've got to do your homework, and that's a full credit to them because, again, a lot of guys come up here that have been in the end, the NFL or the NCAA and think, I'm going to own this league, and then yeah. they get up here and it's different. It's different. I like your point about if Gino Lewis is still in Montreal, he and Mac play the same position. Mac would have had to find something somewhere else to contribute from. Might have helped him. Might have right. might have set him out to that field side, never to be seen again. Right. right. So it's it's been super impressive. Seven hundred seventy three yards receiving and three touchdowns for Austin Mac. Uh, certainly a worthy pick if you're taking him in fantasy. Cody Fajardo returns for the Montreal Alouettes tonight after a couple of games out. Twenty nineteen, he bursts onto the scene. And he's got that spin move out the back. Oh, pressure's coming. I'm going to reverse pivot out to the left, and I'm on the run. And we saw that, and I thought, man, someone is going to absolutely clock him once, and he'll never do that again. Four years later, 
He's still doing it. Jackson Jeffcoat on why that move still works for Fajardo. Because he he baits it. He does. He changes it up. He does it different each time. But he the the idea is the same. I mean, he's going to make sure that he gets somebody to overcommit on the inside as if he's going to step up or something and then gets free on the outside. I, I still wonder why he does it out that way because it's it's uh it's to his it's to his left normally, so it's not even to his his throwing arm. But uh, I guess it's easiest because the guy doesn't know that he can see him. Yeah, you're taught to come at a certain angle, mm. so you come at a certain angle because if you go too high, a guy will step up, slip out of your grips, and go. But he he uses that against you and goes the other way. Jackson Jeffcoat on the challenge of Cody for. I remember uh, 2019, uh, no, 2021, someone just absolutely plastered. I feel like it might have been Alden Darby. But there he's back doing it again. And, Doug, I don't know, athletes seem that maybe they have this thing of, if in basketball, oh, my crossover move will always work. Fajardo's spin move feels like it'll always work until he gets too old for this game. Fajardo, my goodness. What can I say? I'm trying to say something nice about Fajardo because I know you-, you really came to appreciate him when you were in Saskatchewan. I've never liked him whatsoever as a quarterback. We can trace my comments from the start of his career in Saskatchewan. What do you not like? What do I not like? He's very erratic. He's inconsistent. He's mentally susceptible to the pressures of the game. He hears all the noise. He reacts to the noise. Um, he's not durable. Yeah, I hate it when you sit on the fence like this, Doug. I really hate it when I can't tell where you stand on anything. I might take issue with durability because he's taken some shot. He's an accurate passer ultimately. He has a real. He's a strong scrambler. He, he doesn't miss time last year, and he has missed time this year now. Yeah, though. true. He, he doesn't have a big arm, which is to his detriment. And he, can he or can he not throw the deep ball? Has that been decided? 2019, he was the top-rated deep ball passer in the Canadian Football League. 2021 and 2022 would absolutely abandon him because it's fickle. 2023, I would wager he's back being okay at it. But it left him for a couple years for sure, certainly in part to – certainly he deserves some of the blame for that. He's won a lot of games. My criticism of him would be, you know, everybody – and you, I know you had the numbers on this, DT, but last year the Saskatchewan sack total was through the roof. And even this year, Montreal's sack total has been through, through the roof. roof. That's the, and there's, yeah. a, there's a common thread there, right? It's Cody Fajardo. And I just think the way he plays and the spin move, all those things, they add sacks. Because he won't stay in the pocket and deliver a strike. He's trying to buy extra time. He rolls into pressure, I think, sometimes. Uh, and that that would be my criticism. Be sometimes the pocket is there. Yeah, stay there and deliver a strike. Last season, I believe, just off the top of my head, I believe it was 57 sacks on passing plays. The CFL credits some on what were clearly running plays, but 57 is an enormous number. He's taken an enormous number this year, and he's just not able to. Zach Kolaris is under pressure. He's able to keep things alive and make a place. Some guys are great at it, and some guys are just other guys at it, even though you think they might be a little better. Uh, the thing, when we talked to the Bombers this week, they talked about this, uh, this Montreal team, strong running game, strong running team. And I thought, I don't know that they are this year. 16 carries for 78 yards, under 5 yards a carry in games that they win. 4.2 yards per carry in games that they lose. They're under 5 yards a carry. In fact, this is a team with... William Stanback and Walter Fletcher and uh, a siren going off in the background and Jeshrin Antwi who had multiple 70-yard runs last season. They're, they're not the 2022 Montreal Alouettes in the run game, it feels like, and I don't 100% know 
if that's Jason Moss, the new offensive coordinator, or why that is. Yeah, I mean, once upon a time, they wanted to build their offense around William Stanback, right? That was, um, he was the, the catalyst. He was their peak performer on that team. And now he's kind of an afterthought sometimes. Even as a running back, they have uh, so many different weapons. And it's just, I think it comes down to the, the style of, of Jason Moss. And uh, that's kind of followed him wherever he has gone in terms of his uh, uh, want to establish a ground game or Over, lack thereof overall sixth in the league in yards per yards per rush which is unexpected for a team what that, would you do you have the numbers dt i'm just curious are they uh run on first down at all or what are their run percentages because it seems like jason moss and his philosophy has always been why would i run on first down and get four yards or five yards when i can throw on first down and get, get six six seven yeah. eight yeah and i think or that 40 or or right yeah why wouldn't i want why wouldn't and, I, want 40? And I think I that. Uh, where this team here the bombers have loved to pound it a lot on first down to kind of you know this is how we play this is uh we're going to play the bully ball up front and uh if we get three yards on first down zach thing to get the seven yards on second down so i just wonder about if you got those numbers handy i hate to put you on the spot like that but the, the thing is, you, you need that quarterback, right, to get yep, you out of absolutely. second and long, yep. right? Because if you get three yards, uh, a Fajardo-led team is probably in a, in a whole, whole heap of trouble, let's say, let's say right? Whereas yep. a Kolaris-led team, you figure, hey, you know what, nah, Zach will do it. It'll be fine. Uh, but a bump, 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 second and seven. W- w- uh, give me the numbers we're looking for. The Bombers are the second-best team on second and long this season. Uh, Montreal is the worst team on second and seven-plus this season, converting only 32% of the time. Uh, we're looking for what they do on first down. This is excellent radio. Early down <laughs> run rate. So this is uh, Ottawa runs the most. Boop, 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 boop. Montreal is... 48% run on first down. Oh, the that's Bombers, surprising. The Bombers are 44% run on first down in quarters one to three. So they're both in the middle of the pack. Bombers right at the league average. Uh, BC is dead last in early down run rate in the Canadian Football League. So hmm. uh, they're succeeding without it uh, in in uh, British Columbia. On the other side of the break as we continue, I should mention the weather is rolling in. The uh, radar said, hey, 630 is when we could expect whatever storms are coming it's 6 30 and it's rolling in here at ig field the radar also says it should pass before kickoff so do not be afraid just be ready you might get a little damp on your way here other side of the break hot takes with cameron poitras plus the sneak of the week i'm skylar peters coming up on the film room it's one of the most incredible comebacks in team history left for dead with less than two minutes to go before a last second touchdown secured the victory that's next on the pregame show you're listening to princess auto blue bomber football on 680 cjob sounds of the game brought to you by playnow.com two passing plays 105 Bombers are on the board. We'll take it however they bring it. He's got it for the touchdown. Bet on blue at playnow.com. Enjoy responsibly. Ever wonder what it feels like to drive the all-new Honda CRV hybrid? Imagine you're on the open road. You have the freedom of an electric hybrid powertrain and the confidence of Honda Sensing Safety Technology. <sighs> on second thought, that's exactly how it feels. Thanks to the trusted reliability of Honda. Get that Honda feeling and lease the 2023 CRV Hybrid with rates from 5.47%. Plus, qualified Honda owners get a $750 loyalty bonus. CRVs are in stock today. Visit Harvest Honda in Steinbeck for details. 
Well, you'll love Great Windows Pioneer. Cause you'll get some great, great service cause they're made right here. The technology's ours, but the savings are yours. Pioneer Window and Door. And you'll find lots of options. See the store. When you touch, touch and feel them, just explore. With the warranty that gives so much more. Pioneer Window and Door. Save with PioneerWindowAndDoor.com. I'm Nathan Martindale, president of the Manitoba Teacher Society. Even in the off-season, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers train hard so they're ready to go when the new season begins. It's the same for students. Even when school's out, it's important to keep active, read, and stay sharp in preparation for a new school year. This summer, be sure to relax and enjoy family time. But remember, keeping your head in the game, even when you're off the field, is key to success year-round. A message from Manitoba Teachers. 680 CJOB is your place to turn for the information you need. And we get it all started first thing in the morning with the start. Four hours of fresh outlooks, engaging conversation, information as you need it, and plenty of fun along the way. Catch the start 6 to 10 weekday mornings on 680 CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. This is a hell of a play. Here's the ball game for you right here. This is automatic field goal if they don't get it, and they should be able to crush the clock if they do get it. The ball is at the 17-yard line. They need the 18-and-a-half-yard line. Dakota Prukop under center, third down. Prukop right side, pushing forward. He's got it easily. And it's a first down for the Bombers with 56 seconds Ooh. to go. You know, it's funny, earlier in the year we had um, a mishandle on a snap under short yardage. And, you know, I built a routine off that play to make sure that could never happen again. Right? And so I'm just thinking about my routine of I'm going to secure the snap, I'm going to use the footwork, and then I'm just not going to let anyone stop us. You know, I'm just going to drive my feet behind the offensive line. I know they're going to get it done, so I just got to get it done. I know the situation, but I'm not going to let it change my process. As soon as we got the personnel package, you know, I knew what we were going to call. And really, I was just excited. I was like, okay, well, we're going to go in the game on a good note and go win this thing because um, it wasn't my best game. And so for the coaches to continue just to have my back and have faith in me and just, you know, know that, it's not going to continue to snowball was a was a cool way to end the game. You turn it over, automatic field goal range. Yeah, you, you punt it. That was the whole football game right there. That was a hell of a play. Quarterback sneak, the sexiest play in the Canadian Football League. <laughs> Today's game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on blue. We are an hour from kickoff here at IG Field. It is the Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes. As Christian Amell said earlier in the day, the first meeting of two teams with a winning record since Winnipeg versus BC here a few weeks back. There are not a lot of good teams in the Canadian Football League, and Montreal might be one of them. You know, who knows? Doug's not buying it, but we'll see where we are at the end of the night. Severe thunderstorm warning, warning in effect for the city. Uh, Environment Canada says producing, capable of producing very strong wind gusts up to nickel-sized hail and heavy rain. Apparently in the north end of the city, they're seeing lightning and water coming down hard. What I see on the radar, and I'm not a meteorologist, is you that... Appear this, be. You appear to be. You look at... It passes one. You, you have the face for on one, this. without question. Wow, I, I kind of don't know what that means. But <laughs> our, uh, my lovely wife is a weather specialist, uh, so it, it does run in the family. The system on radar appears to move past Winnipeg 
a little after 7 o'clock. So Perfect. I don't believe it should interfere with the game. But, but warm-ups. Warm-ups would be a thing. It, it, there are some looming clouds here. While we're talking weather, hot weather. You know what goes with hot weather? Hot, hot dogs. takes. So. Oh, I thought you were going to say hot dogs. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's do some hot camera poitras. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm fly. You ain't because you not. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. Cameron Poitras, one of our sports anchors and the co-host of Jets at Noon, joins us every pregame show with his hot takes. Cam, welcome back, my friend. Hey, guys. Happy to be back with some more hot takes for you. Uh, my first one, can Montreal beat the Toronto Argonauts? I don't know. But I don't know anything about the Montreal Alouettes, clearly, because many people, including myself, I'll fall on this sword, thought it was going to be a tire fire of a season for the Alouettes and Jason Moss, who I didn't have a lot of confidence in going into it. Well, it hasn't. They're pretty good, and their defense particularly, and their secondary, pretty dang tough. Uh, looks like they're going to be hosting the East Semi unless they completely implode down the stretch here. Uh, and it's not out of the realm of the possibility that they could be in the Grey Cup as the Eastern representative in November. A bounce here, a bounce there. You find yourself in the championship game. Montreal as the East representative in the Grey Cup. Doug Brown. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. You know, your Toronto, it looks like is going to have that first round bye, and then going into Toronto, they're a, a veteran great cup team going for uh, an opportunity for back-to-back bursts. And I just don't see them getting by Toronto in any way, shape or form, but I'm surprised very much. Uh, just like our hot take man that, uh, that they've gotten to this point already. So that they've been, we knew they would have a competitive defense, but you know, with how late everything, all the changes they had in Montreal and the problem with recruiting and free agency, we thought that was a snowball effect. And uh, But they've uh, responded very well um, for the, I mean, the expectations are super low for this ball club. And needless to say, they've uh, exceeded that by leaps and bounds. Ed Tate. Well, they are the surprise of the first half of the season, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think they're better than Toronto. And look, I think a lot of that goes to the chad kelly question remember when the season started we weren't sure because his resume was so thin but chad Ke- kelly's answered a lot of questions for me they're an extremely well coached team they're good on both sides of the ball they don't seem to have any weaknesses they're the defending great cup champions so i think that toronto in my opinion is the class of the east uh, montreal will host the west uh, the east semi but i don't see them beating toronto uh, in the what, East East final, Montreal will beat Toronto in the East. Montreal can force turnovers. Write this down. Weird things happen. This when is your you, statement. You're Montreal ma- will will be in the Grey Cup this year. Wow. I said they would be the worst team in the CFL. You guys have expanded on the reasons why I was totally wrong. But this team can force turnovers. They are strong defensively, and weird things can happen in a game. If you get two plus two turnovers versus Toronto in the East final, Montreal's going to the Grey Cup, and Doug's going to eat his Pajardo words. Okay, I took it too far with that last one. It's, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen for the final reason I threw in there. That was not supporting my cause. Cameron Poitras, hot take number two. Okay, Derek, number two here. Uh, two of the best receivers in the CFL are going to be going head-to-head. Dalton Schoen, who owns third most receiving yards in the CFL, as well as five touchdowns, followed by the leading receiver in yardage, Austin Mack. Who's going to end up on top tonight? Well, you, you can probably 
<laughs> you probably saw this coming. I'm going to put my money on Schoen. He's going to outperform Mack tonight with more catches and more yards. Dalton Schoen will have more catches and yards than Austin Mack, Ed Tate. Well, I think the hot take in there is actually that this, the two best receivers in the league. Because I, think I, I don't think Lawler Lawler should be. Exactly. That's that's where I, I disagree with the hot take before yeah. we even get into the numbers. On the fundamental principle uh, of exactly who we're talking about here. So I didn't be. hear the rest. What was the rest of it? I uh, think Dalton Schoen's going to have a good game, a, a bigger Sh- game. Schoen will have more yards yes. and catches than Mack. Yes, on that. And oh, Kenny yeah. Lawler is the best receiver on this team currently. So that's a hot take. I, is it? Well... Yeah, because of Dalton Schoen's numbers, but yeah, that, see, but that's a Kenny, hot take. Kenny Lawler said pretty good numbers even, you know, when he was here. Yep. He had pretty good numbers when he was playing for the worst team in the CFL. True. And he looks like he's doing okay again. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Dalton Schoen. I think he's exceptional. But I think Kenny Lawler is uh, superhuman as a wide receiver at, at times. All right, so uh, Will Schoen have more yards and catches than Austin Mack. Who cares? No, um, <laughs> uh, I think maybe. Maybe. That- uh, I think Mac out does shown today because what else does what else does Montreal have? Where else are they going to go to? Exactly. Tyler Sneed, good point. Good point. Virgie yeah. Mayala has done absolutely nothing for them. Twelve, uh, seven catches in seven games. Tyson Philpot, I love, but Austin Mac is is their offense. Eight catches of thirty plus yards leads the league. Uh, at, whereas the Bombers have at least three top tier options and two more second tier options. One A, B, and C. I uh, absolutely. That's what I call them. So I, I would think Mac. Outdoes Dalton Schoen in this one. Cameron Poitras, back to you. Okay, my final one here, guys. Uh, this game is going to showcase two pieces on defense for either team. Uh, the never-say-die performer, Sean Lemon on the D-line, and Demirio Houston in the Bombers' secondary. Despite a shorter year for Lemon, I think both could be on the way to getting each team's nod for most outstanding defensive player. Sean Lemon gets the DPOI nod from Montreal, though he's only been there two games. And Demario Houston gets the nod from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Doug Brown. Uh, no, I'm not taking it. There's uh, Willie Jefferson in my mind right now as a runaway. Uh, that's the statistical thing, obviously, the number of interceptions that he has. and uh, But in, in terms of how he's affected the defense, I, I think it's Willie Jefferson. And uh, that's, that's my pick on that. So you believe he's impacted more. But the players in the local media will get to vote about it. Could it be Demario? What would it take for it to be Demario Houston? Uh, well, I think he's going to have to have a, a few more interceptions, maybe another pick six. But I'm with Doug. I think the, the best defensive player on this team, I don't have a vote anymore, is Willie Jefferson. And then you could make the case on Montreal. I don't know had the numbers in front of me, but there's some other guys on that defense that, I mean, I, I really like Tyrese. Lemon leads them in sacks. He's, he's done been there two weeks. He's been great. I like uh, I like Tyrese Beverett. You could pick one of their DBs. Uh, you know, Lemon's a, a leading candidate already for the Owls. But yeah, I, I think uh, interesting thing about Sean Lemon in playing this game is that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers had discussions with his agent in terms of him potentially coming here. Right when the season started, and uh, Jackson Jeffcoat was not available and was hurt. It was a question of whether, and the pass rush wasn't quite there. Yep. It was a question of whether he would be a good uh, a good person to sign for this football team to bolster their pass rush. So uh, Sean Lemon, fair to say, had expectations he would be coming here. And he is not, and he got passed over. And uh, I don't think Winnipeg is, is you know, upset about it, but... Sean's a guy that tends to uh, he might, remember these yes. things, so it'll be. Uh, <laughs> he might remember. He might might recall that uh, 
he was sharing information with a lot of people that his expectation was he's just going to land here and he's not. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch him tonight. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there because team nominees selected by the team and the local media, if Demario Houston, who currently has seven interceptions plus a touchdown, if he finishes the season with 12 interceptions and pretend he adds another touchdown. And how many sacks does Willie Jefferson have? Willie has, balls padded down. Willie and, has eight sacks and 10 knockdowns. I'm just saying, if Demario Houston has 12 interceptions, which we have not seen in the CFL, I, I would love to tell you how long it's been, but stat system. Uh, if he has 12 picks, people are going, well, voters are going to fall in versus, love with that, despite despite the, I totally agree with sacks, you, the impact. 16 sacks and 30 knockdowns. Can I, uh, I, think, uh, I think the club record's 14 interceptions by Les Brown. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since the guy's had that many interceptions. I, I just wonder at some point where a quarterback's going to say, why are we throwing to that side? all the time that 35 guy is picking it off well and because they're getting they're they're making they're, also, they're, they're making a meal so over there too right right so yeah. but I'm, I swim just over there they're my, i i talked to winston rose this week and he is just expecting himself to be targeted more because of demario houston he's expecting the ball to be coming to his side more in the second half of the season. What should go into the evaluation is that teams aren't hesitating to throw at Demario Houston. That's right? a good point. Yep, yep. Oh, I'm, I'm not arguing if, impact. If you're going to make a, you're dead right a, on an impact. evaluation on defensive players, well, it's who are they game planning right. to to try and neutralize. Yep. And it's Willie Jefferson. It's not Demario Houston. The, the league leader in interceptions last year was, uh, I lost it, it was of your Toronto Argonauts, Jamal Peters. He had six. Demario Houston has seven. If he gets double digits, voting could go nuts. Is there anybody else on Montreal that you think has a can is a candidate besides Lemon? I don't. That's crazy in four games that he'd be already be their top defensive player. I mean, Jamal Davis only has three sacks. Injuries in the middle to Avery Williams. Tyrese Beverett is making a bunch of tackles. Dequaz got one interception, but yeah. their key performers have been so injured. That took them out of the mix. Siante Evans might have been one. He yeah. had a bunch of interceptions early on, yeah. but he's still injured. So uh, I, I buy the lemon one, and I see the path to a Demario Houston sure. one. Though, if they both go at their current pace, and Demario has 14 interceptions, and Willie has 16 sacks and 20 knockdowns, I would vote Willie. But I see, I can see how it could have. Final thought to you, because we got to go. If, if uh, yeah, if that happens, and you know Willie has that stat package, and tomorrow has that, stat, and he gets voted in, we'll do a breakdown of all the failings of the people that voted Demario in over Willie. We'll we'll break that down on why they were. There's the D line bias right should, there. I love it. They should have their uh, their voting privileges uh, stripped and taken away from them. Six forty-seven. That's an ultimatum. On the other side of the break, a blast from the past, and Skylar Peters with the film room. It's Princess. Auto Blue Bomber football on 680 CJOB. Mike Chud can't throw a touchdown. Mike Chud can't kick a field goal. The only tackle Mike Chud can handle involves fishing. What can Mike Chud do for you? Sell you a vehicle you'll love. I'm Mike Chud. If you're looking to buy a Chrysler, Ram, Jeep, ATV, boat, motorbike, or camper, come visit Chud's Chrysler and Power Sports. We even have Mahindra tractors. Mike Chud. He's the GOAT of Power Sports and the MVP of Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep. For superior customer service, take the beautiful drive to Gimli. It'll be a game changer. Hey, I'm Adam Big Hill. And if your vehicle's been the victim of some unnecessary roughness, Take it to my friends at Vernas Auto Body. Johnny and his special teams are ready to tackle collision repair, glass repair and replacement, suspension work, oil changes, front end work, and more. 
trust me, no one knows big hits better than me and the winning team at Vernas Auto Body. Family owned and operated, top of the waterfront. You're part of the family at Vernas Auto Body. Call 982-4540. Recycle smart. No plastic bags in the cart. Plastic bags ruin your recycling efforts, increase costs, and end up in the landfill. Never put plastic bags, whether they're empty or full, into your recycling. Simply toss your recyclables loosely into your cart. If you collect your recyclables in a plastic bag, empty the contents into the cart. You can reuse your plastic bags or return them to a participating retailer. For more information, visit winnipeg.ca slash recycling or contact 311. Come together for a special event to help raise funds for an amazing organization. You're invited to the charity barbecue fundraiser in support of the Kidney Foundation. The event will be hosted outside of Food Fair this Saturday from noon to 6. There will be food trucks and multiple raffle prizes like limo trips, gift cards, furnace cleanings, and many more. Everyone is invited to this amazing event. Don't miss the charity barbecue fundraiser in support of the Kidney Foundation. This Saturday at Food Fair at 2285 Portage Avenue. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. A big number for this game is 14. Bombers defensive back Nick Hallett. 14 special teams tackles this season, second best in the Canadian Football League, and it's just two off his career high. The 29-year-old had 16 in that shortened season in 2021, good for fifth in the league. This year, aiming even higher. Curious if we'll see Nick on defense tonight as well. Brandon Alexander missed practice this week with illness, that according to head coach Mike O'Shea. 6.50, so we are 45 minutes away from kickoff. Oh, gosh, we are, I don't even know, GMAC, 48 minutes away from kickoff. Let's do that. Pre-game show brought to you by Olympic Building Center. Tackle all your at-home projects with Olympic Building Center. Uh, I, I don't often mention uh, folks that text me, but uh, this from Davis Sanchez. Great point, Doug Brown. Best cornerbacks, halfbacks, rarely have interceptions. There's a reason guys have 10 picks. QBs are going after their butts says Davis Sanchez, fully in support of uh, I'm I'm not saying it should happen, but I'm just saying voting is uh, whack. No Ted Wyman today. He'll be back for the Labor Day Classic. So we welcome in from the start and from the Bombers pregame show and from the 75,000 other things you do great, the Blue <laughs> Bombers podcast. GMAC in full effect. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm fantastic. These hot dogs are delicious. What is the deal with the 10 hot dogs every single game? Is this a thing? They're it, undefeated when we eat 10 hot dogs, right? That, that is that is accurate. Yeah, Absolutely sure. undefeated. Whoa, so. lost. When we eat all 10, bummers don't lose. So we're going to keep on keeping on. So oh, feel free to do to, what you got to do, right? I, I was excited to, to for have the you. team, Greg. <laughs> Whatever the team needs from us. For the W, we eat, we eat 10 hot dogs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I was excited to, uh, we do a little blast from the past here. And uh, you've, been a, you've been a Bomber fan since? 1976. So forever. Absolutely <laughs> forever. Uh, so I wanted to get you in this because you would certainly have some stories about this. Uh, a guy who was brought to mind for me this past week was former Bombers offensive lineman Matt Sheridan, who once terrified me when I was a Cub reporter. And uh, I, I was brought to mind because apparently he grew up in the area of town in which I am moving tomorrow. So I am looking for Doug Brown, former offensive lineman Matt Sheridan. Any stories you might be able to, to... Well, my favorite Matt Sheridan story has to do with uh, in the offseason, 
He was a big boy. He was a very heavy man. And I believe the Bombers set a goal weight for him at around 330 pounds. Goal weight. Okay? As in to get down to. To get down to, right? He would walk around 350, 360, sometimes even more, uh, my expectation. We worked out of the same gym. I was like, hey, man, uh, I don't want to discourage your offseason, but I don't think that's going to happen. And he said, so we made a bet. And the bet was all you can eat and drink at 529 Wellington for the winter. And needless to say, I had 17 pounds to spare at the, at the, at the weigh-in. And uh, I just remember going into 529 and saying, okay, I'll have your largest steak, your biggest lobster, a bottle of red, a bottle of white, and some sides. So it was good. It, I think it cost him about seven, $800 just on my meal alone. It was, uh, oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. I feel like you punished him for that, but he he made the terms of the bet. So it would have gone, I, I did unto him as he would have done unto me. There you go. Oh, I can only imagine what he could have taken down. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. I had to make sure. Yeah, the, the odds So he were weighed in, in at 347? Then? Yeah, something like that. 347 or 348 or something like that. So Damn, dude. GMAC, any Matt Sheridan memories? Well, three, University of Manitoba's finest. Yeah, University of Manitoba, Sturgeon Creek at the time. It's now yep. Sturgeon Heights. And that was when uh, that program sort of just got started. And then went to the U of M. And I think that was just when U of M was... They were still not very good, but to have a homegrown talent like Sheridan and to win the most outstanding, did he win it twice? He won it twice with the Bombers, yeah, right? 04 and 05. 04 and 05, and so, which is great, right? Number 54, so that's very poetic that he would uh, win it in, the, in those seasons. But just, you know, once again, I, I go, always go back to this idea of accessibility. And, and so Sheridan was one of those guys that, you know, as, as kids, I was a little older then, but accessible in the community. He could talk, approachable, and, and, the, and the kids loved him because he was such a big guy and obviously impactful on that uh, offensive line. And one of the most impressive things about Matt Sheridan, a guy of it, you see a lot of big guys on the offensive line, right? That's nothing really unusual. Granted, being 350-plus is, is unusual, but he could do the splits, no way. I'm he sorry? could do this. I have never seen limber like that. Like it was, it was incredible. He had his footwork, his flexibility. It was so next level. Well, that's what's interesting about him is so he was a sixth round draft pick, and you know a lot of those guys don't make the teams, right? And so at the time, I remember thinking when I was at the paper and that draft happened that well, this is one of those we got to get a local guy in yeah, our draft class, pick, right? Yeah, right? obligatory pick. Yeah, the obligatory pick, and. To Doug's point, he gets into camp, and right away the old line coaches and the other alignment are saying, "Watch his feet." For a guy that big, he had great feet, and he's a he, dancer, right? And if he had been a little bit trimmer, he might have been able to play tackle. That's how good his feet were. And um, so, you know, for him to be a six-round pick, as as Greg said, be the Bombers' top offensive lineman twice. That turns out to be a real good, solid pick for the Did bomb. he have a seven, eight-year career or so, I believe? I would love to tell you, but again, okay. the stats. Yeah. So, gotcha. uh, props to Matt Sheridan, who uh, I after the Bombers lost a game, I went up to ask him, Matt, can I talk to you? And he said, no. There was no chance I was I was following that up because... There are some other locker room moments that uh, I was involved with that I cannot share on the air that involved Matt Sheridan. So he was, uh, after a win or after a loss, he could be... Uh, 
a guy that you steered clear of, depending on how well he did or how well the uh, the offensive line did that day. He, he took it very, very hard. competitive. And then uh, we did a he did color commentary for a, a Manitoba Bison's game that I was doing, and he couldn't have been better. So it uh, it made up for the absolutely terrifying me to my core <laughs> that day in the locker room. Zach Kalaris back for tonight's game. Bombers taking on the Alouettes. It got warm out here. It, it is heated up like it is going to uh, unleash some rain on us. Uh, Kolaris is back. We saw Drew Brown in the full start. We saw him in a relief effort in in Edmonton. As we look at quarterbacks across the league, Montreal had to do a couple games without Cody Fajardo. How do we feel the Bombers would be if they lost their starting quarterback like five other teams have done this season? With Through what 10 know, games? With what we know now. Where how, would they be sitting right now? No, no. How do you feel if, if it happens going forward? So Hamilton is totally pooched. They're on their third quarterback. So there's eight games left? There are eight games to go. So I, I think they'd, they'd split. They'd probably go four and four on their final eight if Drew Brown was quarterback. That'd be enough for them potentially still to win the West, but uh, with, with 12 wins, it, w- it would be interesting. But uh, I would say they would split the rest of their games. GMAC, how do you feel without, if Kolaris were to go down like Bo by mitchell or Vernon Adams did for a spell? I, th- I think I referenced something when we had you on the start this morning, the idea that of all the quarterbacks in the league, you might argue that he has the most impact on the outcome of the game. And the fact that he's been in the lineup as regularly as he has been since he came to Winnipeg, I think tells you all we need to know on that front. Comma, semicolon, however you want to go. Drew Brown has been pretty comfortable. He wasn't spectacular against Calgary, but you have so many weapons on this team. I mean, you know how I feel about talking about things in hypothetical terms and jinxes and stuff. So I don't know if we should be talking about this oh. at all in the first place, but the point is this. Segment is over. This is a very this is a very good team, and I think that of the teams in the league that are built to survive and to thrive perhaps, not get better, but to survive a next man up situation at any position, including quarterback, I think it's Winnipeg. So give us give us your numbers then. I, th- I, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking a four. If we had to go the next eight games, four and four was exactly the number that I I came up with in my head as well. Six of the nine teams have lost their starter for a full game thanks to injury: BC, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Hamilton, Ottawa, Montreal. Saskatchewan, Hamilton, and Ottawa have lost number one and number two. Ottawa has lost number one, number two, and number three. We are in a crazy year for quarterback injuries and. To Zach, I mean, yep. Zach Kalaros needs credit for it. The Bombers need credit for it. To his, he has been incredibly healthy since the day he got here in 2019. Right, and that's part of what happened last week, too. They were cautious where other teams might have rushed him back, and maybe that uh, aggravates things further. I think the, the number I would come to, it depends on who the starting quarterback is of the other team that they're playing if Drew Brown is... Because if it's Taylor Powell, if it's do they Jake win the Dalekala, BC game would be the thing. Do they yeah, win the BC game October six? That's tough, right? But maybe it's not Vernon Adams. Maybe it's not Dean Evans that night. Because this has been a crazy year for the way quarterback down. You know, the Bombers are probably going to go into the Labor Day Classic and Banjo Bowl if all things uh, stay the same with Zach Claris at quarterback versus Jake Dolagala, their their third. Uh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, Beats so down Boulevard. It's the toughest <laughs> street in town. <laughs> So that's where I'm, I, I think, uh, depending on how, you know, and then let's, we got to 
you maybe anticipate that Drew Brown might experience some growth too, right? So we saw a lot against Edmonton. We didn't see as much against Calgary. But I think he's one of those guys that the more snaps he gets, the better and the more comfortable he could get. I could see them going five and And three. how much last week was weather-related as weather well, and, But Brent Monson's right? a great defensive coordinator, too, and they had a really good plan for Winnipeg. Cal- Calgary's yeah, got Cal- a much better yeah. defense than people are giving them credit for, I think. Yeah. He looked like Jake Mayer, though, and that, that gives me concern. Which, right. Jake Mayer's a starter in the CFL, but do I want Jake Mayer as my starter if I'm in the CFL? No, you do not. And I'm at the point where I, I kind of do... Not. Let's do the injury report for Dr. J's new men's sexual health clinic while Ed Tate grabs into their dog. Need to perform better in the bedroom? See the top-rated doctor on Google. Visit Dr. J at BuenafeClinic.com. Nobody on the one-game injured list anymore. The sixth game has no new j- people joining us. Uh, Shane uh, Shane Goche coming off the sixth game to return to action. So it's Jared Beeksma, Malik Clements, Janarian Grant, Celestin Haba, Deidre Hansen, Desmond Lawrence back on the sixth game, though he had returned to practice at one point. And Mike Miller continues on there. The Bombers continue to be incredibly healthy. And they get Shane Gauthier back to add to that defense and those special teams tonight. That injury report for Dr. J's new men's sexual health clinic. Need to perform better in the bedroom? See the top-rated doctor on Google. Visit Dr. J at BuenafeClinic.com. Time for the film room, and it's the sports fan's worst nightmare. Missing one of the best games your team has ever played. But you know what's worse? Heading for the exits, thinking your team was toast before they pull off a miraculous comeback. Hopefully you were not one of those people on July 27th, 2017. If not, close your ears, because Skylar Peters is here to relive that one in the film room. I'm Skylar Peters. Welcome into the film room. It rarely happens, but once in a while, sports gives us a where were you moment. One that will stick with you for years, no matter what happened before or after. So when one Greg Mackling walked up to me earlier this week, it wasn't so much a question of what game I'd be revisiting between the Owls and Bombers this week, more so a statement and an agreement. The day was July 27, 2017. The Owls marched into IG Field with a 3-2 record to face the 2-2 Bombers, both teams looking for bounce backs after losses the week before. And one defensive player got his big day started with a bang. Durant has the football. Fires over the middle. Intercepted by Jackson Jeffcoat. And he's back to the Montreal 27-yard line. That seemed to spark a Bombers offense that had been relatively slow starters so far that year. Nichols, shotgun, handoff, Andrew Harris, touchdown, Blue Bombers. We're used to seeing ball hawks in the secondary in Winnipeg these days, but not so much from the big boys up front. Decided to get one. Uh, I dropped in coverage. I saw the the receiver running behind me, and I was like, no, he's not going to throw this. And he, he ended up throwing it. I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and catch this. However, Darian Durant would put that interception away and march the Owls down the field to tie the game up. The two teams would then trade touchdowns, and 10 quick points after that by the visitors would give them a double-digit lead at half. Forgive me for breezing through the first half. We're going to need some extra time for what's to come. Andrew Harris and Matt Nichols would march the Bombers down the field to begin the second half before the number two man came in for a few big plays. Oh, it's Lefebvre keeping the ball to the five. Lefebvre touchdown. Blue Bombers, Dan Lefebvre. Justin Medlock and Boris Beattie would remain perfect for the game with three more field goals between them. Then midway through the fourth, the money man would suffer a rare miss. With a two-point lead now, the Owls sent out to add to that cushion and burn out the clock. And he 
hands off to Steph Logan. Huge hole. The 20, the 15, the 10, 5. Logan touchdown, Montreal. 140 to go. 40-28 Alouettes. Exclamation points for the Montreal Alouettes who just sealed it. Some folks headed out to beat the traffic as this one seemed all but over. Alouettes find a way to close and the Bombers have not. Then Matt Nichols and the Bombers took the field. Deep into the end zone again. Lankford touchdown Blue Bombers with 44 seconds left. That makes it 40. 34 Montreal and here's the kick and it's a good one by Medlock. Bombers have a shot. I think they got it. They got their 52 yard line. Yes, they do. Wow. The ball was caught by the Bombers. Let's see if they can get it in. They'll give it to Andrew Harris. You got to know that. Nichols Harris left side fights in. Did he get in? Touchdown Blue Bombers. Final play of the game. And they have won it, 41 to 40. Unbelievable. Sometimes you just have to sit back and let the legend do the work. One of the best calls of Bob Irving's career after one of the most miraculous comebacks I've ever seen. The Owls playing contained defense as the Bombers took the field down two scores, succeeding in not letting Nichols in the pass game take it over the top of them but also letting Winnipeg chug down to the end zone. And the magic really started happening on the ensuing onside kick by Justin Medlock. All credit goes to O'Shea. Um, he designed it. Uh, we had a couple options there, and uh, we were able to uh, give us about four different options, and that was one of them. And I just wanted to give him a shot. I don't know. I'm pretty confident in where I can put the ball. And the Bombers' offense took the field once again, this time with a rowdy, crowded IG field squarely behind them. That noise only affirming the belief of the 12 men out there. There was no doubt in my mind. Uh, you know, I knew that we could go down and score quickly, that they were going to get us the ball back, and we were going to go down and score again. And it was Matt Nichols who took it himself to set up that final play of the ball game, falling to the one-yard line with just four seconds to go. Then everyone in the building knew it was going to 33 and the Owls still couldn't stop him. But even Andrew Harris made it interesting with a stretch over the goal line being held back from bursting in there in full. Nichols had one person he wanted to check on post-game. It was our play-by-play -play man. No, I mean, that's one of the crazier ones. And, uh, you know, first of all, I'd like to apologize to you. I know, uh, you know that one <laughs> probably wasn't an easy one to get through after uh, going through a surgery not too long ago. So we'll try, and, try not to... Testing the limitations of his heart. I'm supposed yeah, to stay calm here, Matt, and it was very difficult. One of those games where you'd forever kick yourself if you hit the road early, probably still in the parking lot hearing the cannons go off. First of all, I want to say this. I want to thank all the fans that stuck around because, you know, when they run all over us at the end of the fourth there and, and punch it in and, you know, our fans, some of our fans were leaving, but we got a lot that stuck around and I, I, we really appreciate it, let me tell you. The Bombers climbed to three and two at the win and turned that into a five game winning streak. So whatever party they had down in the locker room on that Thursday night, couldn't have been much of a detriment. Well, no one went to the lockers. Everybody was walking around, <laughs> caught Catalina, everybody getting around, shaking hands, uh, offense with defense, everybody congratulating each other and having fun. That's all stuff for tomorrow. They got to have some fun. I mean, this is, this is a crazy win. It's a very emotional win. And, and they've got to they've have fun with it tonight. And here we are again talking about turning points. Last week, we relived a week four loss to Calgary that would really signal the start of a long season there on after. This time, it was the other way around. We just got to 
keep on plugging away and stick to the process and, and make, you know, make corrections tomorrow and, and get better. But if this for the players is a, is a rallying point, then so be it. You know, three and two looks way better than two and three, I'll tell you that. So while lots of you may be looking ahead to the next couple of weekends, and trust me, I am too, getting ready to restart that familiar rivalry, let's not lose sight of what's right in front of us tonight. Skylar Peters in the film room. If you've got a favorite play, email Skylar at cjob.com. You might hear it on a future Bombers broadcast. S-K-Y-L-A-R at cjob.com. Uh, it is 7.08, 30 minutes to kick off. Doug's keys to the game coming up next. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber football on 680 CJOB. Sounds of the game brought to you by playnow.com. He took a brutal shot from the safety and held on. Instant field position. 25, 15, 10, Golden Stone is going to score. Bet on blue at playnow.com. Enjoy responsibly. Want to be certain your reno goes right? Start with pro materials with Certainty Drywall. In fire resistant, water resistant, super durable, or soundproof and top quality insulation ceiling systems premium shingles and siding do it right with professional grade building materials from certainty pro all the way welcome to building a garage 101 the company you choose should visit your site go over placement and approach then check with the city about size placement and variances and finally provide a free detailed estimate excuse me just call JML Roofing and Renovations. They've been doing all of that for over 20 years. And JML doesn't just build a garage, they build your garage. JML works with you and your needs. You deserve the best. Call JML Roofing and Renovations and get your garage built. 668-1861. Seem like your friends were always camping? Think you're missing out on all the fun? Well, you probably are. Adam Big Hill here for my friends at CG Open Road Outlet. Make this the year you commit to camping. Shop 300 campers in stock or hit the trail on ATVs by CF Moto and Argo. When you go to CG Open Road Outlet, you know you'll always get low rates and no payment for 90 days. Stop missing out on all the fun. Visit CG Open Road Outlet in Winnipeg, Steinbach, or openroadoutlet.ca. You can now get your local news from 680 CJOB instantly on Amazon Alexa. Just add CJOB to your flash briefings on any Alexa device and say, Alexa, play me the news. It's that easy. Bomber fans, we are 30 minutes away from kickoff on the radio home of the Bombers. 680 CJOB. Winnipeg Blue Bomber football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. We continue live from the pregame at Tailgate Party Zone at IG Field, ahead of the Bombers and Montreal Alouettes, 30 minutes from now. Derek Taylor, Doug Brown, Greg Mackling with you. And today's game brought to you by PlayNow.com. Bet on Manitoba. Let's do it. Let's, do, let's jump right in. We're going to go to Doug Brown's Keys to the Game. Brought to you by CG Open Road Outlet. Power sports, campers, boats, premium used vehicles, and more. Visit openroadoutlet.ca. Doug Brown. Oh, just before we do that, uh, this from Ed Tate, directly from President and CEO Wade Miller. Dark clouds have rolled in over us. We have nothing. I haven't felt any precipitation here at all. It's cooled down nicely. Yeah, other parts of the city are absolutely getting pummeled right now. So uh, be safe wherever you are. Uh, this from President and CEO Wade Miller. The game will kick off at normal time. They're expecting this weather to be passed 
and they will kick off at 7.38 as expected. Doug Brown's keys to the game. History shall repeat itself. Uh, Cody Fajardo has not beaten the Winnipeg Blue Bombers since 2019. In fact, he is 2-7, and seven, we figured out, uh, since he started his career in the CFL. So obviously, if there's anyone that's going to be susceptible to a mental hurdle or block about playing against a certain team, it's going to be Cody. Number two, Zach Claris coming back watching as a bystander two games in it is important he just plays within himself uh, don't go out there overcompensate for a, a good performance by drew brown if he plays within the system and the scheme he'll do very well and the third key to the game is we need some sort of contribution i feel from special teams be it dominant coverage some sort of return averaging more than seven yards those are my three keys to the game <laughs> You would like to average more than the 14th best returner in the Canadian football league. GMAC, special teams, it's a special teams guy who's the head coach of the Bombers. Yep. They're eighth in punt coverage and they're sixth in kickoff coverage. And their current returner uh, averages about half what their regular returner does. It's not great right now for the Bombers. It's an unusual situation for the Blue Bombers, to say the least, when you've got the GOAT. Mike Miller on the sidelines as well. On top of that, the all-time leading tackle, tackler in special teams. It's sort of a trifecta of, oh my goodness, when it comes to special teams. And you know this is not sitting well with head coach Mike O'Shea. I guess the best thing about the special teams right now is the fact that uh, field goals and converts are essentially automatic that's the best thing we can say about special teams right now for the bombers yeah sergio castillo uh has missed one field goal a couple converts he's the third kicker in points versus expected which is the the number I always go to he's generated eight more points than expected versus uh, i hate to bring up mark legio's name who's about nine points below expected this season is having a rough year is so it's been a been a big step forward and Jamison Sheehan, seventh in punting at about a yard over average. They're going up against the best punter in the Canadian Football League in Joe Zima. Uh, Doug, I mean, it's a three-phase game, and the Bombers are... Uh, that, that Relying on their other oh. two, right? An over-reliance. And uh, it's just, with Janarian Grant, it used to be almost every, every third or fourth game you would get uh, some sort of explosive return that could, could turn the game on, a, on, a, on its head and uh and change the outcome and coverage was never even an issue ever yeah. for the winnipeg blue bomber special teams yeah so hoping for better in this one and i mean just hoping to bridge to a time gmac where where Janari grant can get back so whether that's mccray becomes stronger at catching the ball or there are other options that are carried regularly on the roster yeah I, I don't think we'll see that but possible it is possible but you, you don't like to take guys that are playing well in their regular position and put that burden on them. I heard you mention Evan Holm, and I mean Holmes just playing so well. Do you really want to add that? Greg McRae was playing really well once he got reintroduced to the offense, and they took him out of that, right? Well, and that's a fair point, Doug. But he was the he was the best option, and he wasn't necessarily an integral part as well as he was performing. He's not one of your guys you have slotted in as as your as your starting running back, scat back, slot back. He was a, a bonus piece. He was a Dembski 2.0. Well, for a, the American version. For a well, week, he absolutely was. For a week, he was, yeah. <laughs> and now he's just a, he's a contributor. He's a part-time contributor on offense. Certainly hoping he's got better in the return game tonight. Uh, still to come, GMAC takes over, and Christian Amell talks to Jamarcus Hardrick. You know that's going to be a good time. Wherever you are, if you get a chance to talk to Jamarcus Hardrick, you do it. 
and your life will be better on the other side. Uh, Doug and Brown and I will head up to the booth for the Bombers and Alouettes. We are 22 minutes away from kickoff as the Bombers look to go to 9-2 and two on the season. It's Princess Auto Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The moment you propose to her is special. It's your chance to say I love you and can't wait to spend my life with you. Let Namath Diamonds help create an experience you'll both cherish forever. I'm Joe Namath from Namath Diamonds, and we can help you find the diamond engagement ring she's been dreaming of. Come see us Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Namath Diamonds in Southdale Square. When your truck breaks down, do you take it to just any shop, or do you take it to the best shop in town? So when it comes to your... Why wouldn't you go to the top-rated guy? Go see Dr. J, one of the top-rated doctors on Rate MD. So if your needs help rising to the occasion, bring him to one of the best. Dr. J of Bornefray Clinic offers new and innovative treatment options for erectile dysfunction. Book your confidential visit at bornefrayclinic.com. You're a do-it-yourselfer, and we're here to help. Hi, I'm Mel Duick from Windeck. We're known for building beautiful top-of-the-line, low-maintenance decks. But many people don't know Windeck also supplies products for the do-it-yourselfer. And I guarantee they are the finest, safest, most proven products on the market. Like Wolf PVC decking, Inlight lighting, and Star Aluminum railings. So if you have a deck project that you'd like to tackle yourself, use the products the pros use from Windeck. And do it once, do it right. Back by popular demand. Direct from Las Vegas. Oh, what a night. Four exciting entertainers performing live. That feel-good music you grew up with. Oh, what a night. An incredible tribute to Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Oh, what a night. Wednesday, November 8th, 7 p.m., Club Regent Event Center, Winnipeg. Get your tickets now. Winnipeg Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB. The pregame show is brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence. Hey, Bomber fans, I'm Marissa Turton. Did you know there have been just two games with neither team scoring offensive touchdowns in the CFL this season? Last week, in Winnipeg's 19-18 win over Calgary, it was pretty much a game of back-and-forth field goals. Aside from one defensive major, Blue Bombers defensive back Demario Houston scored a pick-six, his first this season, and the only touchdown of the game. The only other week without either team scoring an offensive touchdown was in week eight in a matchup between Montreal and Calgary. Last Bombers game was the third time this season the Winnipeg defense kept their opponent from crossing the goal line. Back in week three, Winnipeg scored no touchdowns at all in a 30-6 loss against BC, marking the first time the team couldn't find the end zone in a game since 2021. Craig Mackling in the pre-game tailgate area outside IG Field where it has suddenly become decidedly windy. We know that there are reports of uh, hail, heavy rain in uh, certain parts of the Winnipeg in Win- parts of Winnipeg and Manitoba outside of the perimeter highway Highway 8. We've been getting text messages at 204-780-6868 hail and uh, damaging winds and also power outages in certain parts of the city. Christian O'Mell joining us from field level inside IG Field and I can't imagine you're immune to uh, the wind that we're experiencing outside the stadium right now, Christian. 
Yeah, it's pretty gusty, Greg. I'll admit, I, I'm surprised the flags atop the uprights aren't blowing more because it's blowing quite a bit down here on field level. Uh, but it, it's definitely chilled off quite a lot. It was hot about an hour ago, which, you know, that that's kind of sometimes the harbinger that things are going to get bad in the skies. And so far, there was just that brief delay where the players came off the field. They're back on there now, running through their drills. I'm not sure if we'll get to Marcus Hardrick. We've been told that it's unlikely, but we'll see what happens. We can cross our fingers and hope uh, because of that delay of the play players warming up and they're trying to keep the game moving here. But it's definitely changing the conditions for sure. And I'm just watching some of the throws. There was an overthrow there, maybe throwing into the wind. Yes, the wind now blowing towards me. And I forget the directions here, but I'm standing at the uh, the end zone closer to the Grey Cup banners, whichever end zone that is. I think that's the south end zone of okay. my directions, uh, if I've polished up on those correctly, Christian. And I'm looking at a bunch of flags here on campus, and it appears as though that wind's coming more or less straight out of the north. Yeah. So uh, we are scheduled at this point in time to kick off at regular time, although the weather has uh, turned decidedly different. I won't say nasty because uh, just wind. wind so far. Yeah, it's just wind in, in Manitoba, which isn't uncommon. But uh, for those of you dealing with uh, different situations around the city and outside the city, we, we appreciate you tuning in. We've got one of our listeners saying it's an old-fashioned radio on batteries, uh, at least nice. for now, out in the Maples. So uh, AM radio, once again, Christian, uh, living through uh, just about anything Mother Nature can throw at us. Now, let's shift gears and, and talk about that Montreal defense. A lot was made of and discussed uh, in our pregame show about Sean Lemon and the fact that here's a guy that's only been with the Alouettes for three or four games. He's already leading the team in sacks. That's got to be a concern. At least it's a concern for me as I look at the Blue Bombers welcoming back Zach Caleras. Yeah, definitely a concern. And, and he was not out there in their earlier meeting when it was a 17-3 defeat. We saw last year how much Montreal was able to get after the quarterback in those two meetings, it was a, a huge part of what made those games close and what, you know, ended up leading to Winnipeg's first loss of the season. And Winnipeg has done uh, a mixed job, I think, this season. There have been games that have done a fantastic job of protecting the quarterback and other games that has left a, a little bit wanting. So Sean Lemon out there now, they didn't blitz as much as we thought they would in the first meeting. There's grains of salt I take, though, in that first meeting because of that long weather delay. It just threw everything off. It was just a weird football game. This one, the delay is obviously very short, if anything. So looking forward to seeing what happens tonight. And if this wind impacts what Mike O'Shea decides to do, should they win the uh, coin flip? Because we know he's a big fan of uh, dealing with the wind when he gets the choice. And right now the wind is decidedly blowing right down Broadway. Well, not literal Broadway. We have a Broadway in this city, but, you know, towards the south end zone here. So, uh, you know, as we talk about Kolaros and, and his return, I know you and I have both been watching on Netflix the uh, the series called Quarterbacks. Yes. And I was watching uh, w one of the episodes earlier this afternoon where Patrick Mahomes was featured in a big chunk of it. And they talk talked about and spoke about something called creative movement and off-platform throws, something that we see a lot from Zach Caleros, that ability to be moving in one direction, stop on a dime, throw back against the grain, or perhaps throw on the run, place balls in situations. 
Sometimes it's not the best decision, Christian. We know that. Zach gets away with things uh, once or twice a game. But just that confidence and that ability to not always necessarily throw in a prototypical or stereotypical fashion, he finds a way to get the ball into spaces that uh, other quarterbacks can't. Do we do we see a lot of that tonight, or do you know Derek was and Doug was were suggesting earlier that maybe you know what Zach, it's your first game back. Dial that stuff back a little bit. I, I don't think you can tell him to play differently. I think you have to just let Zach do his thing. And, and by the way, confirm we will not have Jamarcus Hardrick because of how uh, quickly they got to get into the locker room here and come out they're all they're none of them are wearing shoulder pads they got to get that on and then they do the pregame festivities but back to your question Kolaris I, I think you just let him do his thing and and a lot of that involves rolling out escaping the pockets and just trying to put it in a spot where his receivers can make the play because we've seen this receiving core is able to get to a lot of balls Kenny Lawler's one-handed catch against Edmonton sticks out at the top of that list for me they have guys that can make the catches in traffic and so I think if you're Zach Kolaris, I don't think you do anything differently here coming back from an injury that kept him out for a game in three quarters. On the other side of the ball, I think Cody Fajardo would like to do something different, and that would be to beat the Blue Bombers for a change. It's been a while for Cody, and I think the Blue Bombers have historically, at least over the last four years or so, been able to get into the head of Cody. They've been able to put pressure on him and throw him off his game and to change the way he would like to do things. Unsettle him would be the word that I'll settle upon. Yeah, I've never been the biggest Cody Fajardo guy. I've always thought he was, you know, not an elite quarterback. He was thrust into a starting role and was fine, but never, you know, a game breaker. He did, you know, lead Saskatchewan to a West Final home game back in 2019, and they just couldn't get it into the end zone. The bomber defense was a big part of that, but yeah, this is a big hurdle for Cody Fajardo, right? This is kind of the mountain. He hasn't really climbed all that much in his career. Most of it with Saskatchewan, but now already once this year with Montreal, they didn't do anything in that first meeting, scoring just three points. So there is pressure on him, I think, here. There's pressure on Montreal to show, hey, we're be- people aren't believing in us at 6-3 and three because our three losses are against the, the Lions, Argos, and Bombers. We want to be part of that tier, and if they win tonight, they're going to have to be considered part of that. But they've got a lot to prove here. Winnipeg's obviously the favorite, and they're expected to win this game. And like we said before, if they could protect Zach Kolaris, give him time to use his weapons, I don't think there's any way Winnipeg loses this one. Well, we are minutes away from finding out, at least getting things underway. Derek Taylor, Doug Brown are, are making their ways to the Certainty Broadcast booth. I, I will think bid they're there, actually. I can see them. They're up there Go. now. Well, wave to them it. for me. Hi, guys. The, I'll bid adieu from the pregame tailgate area. So if you're listening on the internet, in your car, or on transistor radio, we want to thank you very much for tuning into the pregame show. Blue Bomber Princess Auto, Blue Bomber Football on 680 CJOB is next. You've been listening to the pregame show brought to you by Olympic Building Center, where you build with confidence on 680 CJOB.